Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Coming up third, Liz Bird up the inside. Rock Diamond, wow! Four of them. Here is Rock Diamond and Mitchell Cushing. They win the gold cup in soccer. It's American history trying to dig in on the outside endeavor. Tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike, with your hosts Mike Carter, number one thousand for the third time, Aaron Merriman wins, and Mike Bozich. Down to the finish, turning a game win in the Betsy Ross over Caviar Alley at Apple Bottom Jeans, one forty nine and two unbelievable. Don't touch that dial. You've got another action-packed rendition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And, Mike, I'll tell you what, a big, big weekend coming up at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment, the first major stakes race of the year coming up uh, as we look at the elimination, elimination, I almost said eliminations, it's elimination for the Meadowlands Pace. Yeah, certainly, and I had a chance to see a lot of these horses last week. My Captain Midnight, Poppy Rob Hanover. Uh, first of all, Poppy Rob, ha- Poppy Rob Hanover once again draws post position number 10. He did so in an overnight against Older uh, in his last start, and I thought he just looked phenomenal. Just could not get to Captain Midnight towards the end of that mile, but does draw post 10. Here's a horse that I'm just such a big fan of, Mike. He's got uh, a great turn of foot, and I know – uh, we've had Dave Miller on the show last year, and he's talking about how good Poppy Rob Hanover is and could be. And uh, he's going to have to be uh, Mike to overcome post 10. The good news is, is that it is an elimination. So as long as, uh, you know, he kind of stays flat and keeps his mind on business, he should make it to the final where uh, hopefully he will draw a little bit better. Yeah, the Breeders' Crown champion, I mean, the Breeders' Crown champion, 
uh, Poppy Rob Hanover. No, uh, I'm just kidding. To the connections with Tall Dark Stranger, but you know, uh, he won the Breeders' Crown, uh, was disqualified and placed second for interference through the stretch, and he didn't win by a whole lot in that Breeders' Crown uh, effort, Mike. And you know, one thing about Poppy Rob Hanover, he knows how to dig down deep and find a little bit of extra heart in him. So I'm anxious to see what he does up against Tall Dark Stranger. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think there's uh, some, certainly some moving parts of the elimination, and of course, looking forward uh, to the final. I think post position is going to certainly mean a whole lot. But uh, Mike, we're going to be talking a little bit about a horse by the name of uh, Major Benz, New York Sire Stakes star and uh mark harder is going to be with us here in just a couple of minutes uh and major bets declining the buy mike to to actually race it i'm very interested to see what mark carter has to say about what exactly went into that decision yeah for sure i completely agree you know it's one of those things you wonder why you know you're heading into a big six seven hundred thousand dollar race and they offer you a buy and you don't take it. So I'm interested to see kind of what his thoughts were on that. Uh, I know the USTA's Ken Weingartner had a chance to sit down with Mark Harder. Check that uh, article out on the USTA website. I'm anxious to see uh, kind of see what goes down. Yeah, no question about it. Plus, we're going to have Jessica Otten on the program. And, uh, hey, Jessica, is, uh, she's a post-time with Mike and Mike graduate. We're just talking a little <laughs> bit about that before the – the show started, and uh, she's going to, it's always a pleasure to have her on the program, and she's going to be talking about what's going on at the Meadowlands. You know, last week was the uh, last weekend was the first weekend, Mike, that uh, fans were kind of welcomed back into the facility, and I know that they're doing such a great job of taking the the, the proper protocols, uh, temperature check as you walk in the door, you know, social distancing, but it was really, really good, Mike, uh, last week to see fans back at the Meadowlands, so we're going to talk to Jessica a little bit about that. Plus, Mike, we've got a we've got a date tonight. Yeah, I guess. Are you buying dinner? Because I heard check. <laughs> yeah, seven, yep, I, I've got the canned raviolis ready. Uh, seven o'clock. Yeah, uh, we're going to be joining uh, uh, Seth Dowling, and uh, it's going to be sponsored by the Pennsylvania Harness Racing uh, or the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. And uh, we're going to do a little handicapping thing on Facebook Live. That's tonight at seven o'clock, Mike. That's going to be a lot of fun. Seth's going to be on the program. It, it, it all has to do with the initiative uh, that they've come up with uh, a couple of years ago, actually last year, I believe, talking about wager warriors. And basically, Mike, you know, we talk at length about trying to get young people, trying to get new people involved in the sport of harness racing. And, of course, one of the ways to do that is to try to educate them on how to make educated wagers. And, uh, you know, that's something that they – I don't know why they, they employed us because we don't make very educated wagers. But the Wager Warriors, they, uh, they go to pretty much uh, every racetrack in the state of Pennsylvania, and they pretty much just go through the crowd and they, uh, you know, try to help people, ask people, hey, do you have any questions? Do you need any help? And, uh, and just explain everything to them, not only about wagering, Mike, but about, you know, things that we talk about before that maybe we take for granted as being harness racing regulars, so to speak, uh, just questions about, uh, hey, how many times do they go around the racetrack? What are the horses doing out there uh, between races? You know, things like that. And and uh, it's important, Mike, to educate uh, the young people to try to get new fans. So we're going to talk to Seth Dowling about that. Mike, I'm excited. 7 o'clock tonight, we're going to be doing a Facebook Live, and we're going to kind of be talking about that very subject. 
Yeah, we're also going to be talking about some of the races at Harris, Philadelphia tomorrow taking place. So stay tuned for that as well. Uh, we're going to talk some Harris, Philadelphia to, you know, maybe talk about some handicapping strategies that we like to use, some that maybe I employ, some that Mike employs. Um, I'm a big stats guy, so I'm interested to uh, interested to talk about that with the fans and here with some of the people who will be watching that live feed have to say and we'll also mike have to talk about um maybe we'll have to find a thoroughbred track to talk about too because obviously the phra uh handles both thoroughbred and harness racing action so a big big night coming up for both of us as uh you know we'll spend about 45 minutes with our loving and endearing fans yeah and it's you know and that's kind of interesting mike because uh one of the questions that i get a lot is the difference between handicapping thoroughbred and harness, and there's a huge, huge difference. I mean, uh, it's it's night and day. I think thoroughbreds, uh, I think thoroughbreds are more, uh, I you have to use angles, I think, more in thoroughbred racing than you do in harness racing, specific angles. I think, uh, you know, like w- what are the stats of trainers of horses that, hey, come off of 90 days off or better? You know, first-time starters. Just there's, I think there's just so much, so many differences between handicapping thoroughbred and harness. And hey, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, Mike. Yeah, it's going to be interesting and a lot of fun, and uh, we'll be doing some handicapping later on uh, this evening. All right, that'll be on Facebook Live, and of course we'll uh, just just follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and uh, you'll be able to find that. All right, we're going to get the ball rolling. Mark Carter's in the on deck circle. We're going to talk a little bit about his charge major bets coming up in the Meadowlands Pace Elimination on Saturday after the big end. We've got first time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Running Association. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit WinnersCircleRacing.net. That's WinnersCircleRacing.net. Here comes the charging moa, charging hard at Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check with the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by trainer Mark Carter. Mark, how are we doing this morning? Everything's good. Everything's good. Thanks. 
Well, Mark, let's talk about your superstar major bets uh, who kicked off uh, his season with a powerful performance in the New York Sire Stakes at Tioga Downs back on June 28th. Obviously, some decisions had to be made uh, about whether or not to accept a buy or not uh, into the final. Tell us a little bit about when it went into that decision. Well, we were half thinking about racing four weeks in a row, you know, Tioga, then, then an overnight at the Meadowlands, and Meadowlands pace eliminations and finals, which wasn't the ideal situation. But with everything that's gone on this year, you know, it, it was what it was. You know, we're just going to have to deal with whatever was happening. But then he was so good at Tioga, we decided to take the next weekend off, go and do your limbs, and, uh, and the final, hopefully. And uh, because we missed that last weekend, um, you know, I really felt like he needed to race. If I'd if I'd really been thinking hard enough about it, I probably should have entered in the New York Sire Stakes at Vernon today, hoped that they didn't have eliminations for the Meadowlands pace, and I probably could have raced there for there and uh, and then into the final and taken the bye. But uh, you know, I was a little apprehensive taking the bye. Usually not taking the buy when you do that usually you end up getting a 10 hole or something but we got lucky and through the rail and and uh now we we are where we are mark mike bozich here uh, tell us a little bit about major bets tell us uh, a little bit about how he's training uh coming up into the uh, meadowlands space elimination oh i could not I, I blew him out yesterday uh not super hard but did a good bit of work with him and he was as good as a good as he could be I, I don't think he could be any better going into it healthy you know sound strong everything good you know really really could not be happier with him now mark he set a mark last year 149 and one and uh really raced against some of the top uh condition horses i uh, rounded out the season in the kindergarten and in the in the homegrown stakes at the meadowlands where he seemed like he got over the surface pretty well there uh so he seems like he likes the new jersey racing trip yeah, I mean, he, he started his career there. He won a kindergarten first first lifetime start, 51 and change, and was pretty handy doing that. So he's been there, done that at that place. So uh, he doesn't really need to take his track with him wherever he goes. The only real hiccup he's had in his career is when we went to Canada and he suffered from allergies up there. He was never really healthy. But other than that, you know, as far as where he's raced, it's never bothered him. Visiting with trainer Mark Carter. Uh, Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about Obviously, he's, he's got a chance to be a, a very, very special horse. Mark, tell us about uh, kind of when you figured it out, when you knew that you had maybe uh, potentially something special on your hands. Well, you know, when we started putting some speed to them, you know, you know, May, June, you know, he acted like he was doing everything pretty easy, but you don't with paces you don't know you know there's so many of them can go fast and until you really stretch you know stretch them out and, and and go some fast miles against some good horses you just don't know um you, you, they got to be so good the paces nowadays that a lot of it's just wishful thinking but he, he was doing everything so easy he had a great gait he was very very sound he didn't work at it he could go fast without you know really working hard at it and and that made me very hopeful now mark obviously the growth from two to three is really really important and you know how they mature into the uh three-year-old landscape 
is, is something you you know something you only see out of special horses and major bets. Not only did he handle the growth well, but he handled the extended time off well. Obviously, COVID nineteen kind of changed a lot of people's plans. But one thing about him, I mean, he seems to really have grown into form and become a better horse than maybe he was at two. He definitely is. He's uh, he he had a couple of quirks to him. Did some silly things at two, you know. Where, you know, he was maybe he was learning, maybe he was dumb, maybe I didn't do the right thing. I don't know, but he's he's definitely uh, he's a lot more drivable. He's a little, little sense. He's growing up mentally, um, and just seems to be an all-round racehorse now, which has really helped. Visiting with trainer Mark Carter. Uh, Mark, uh, before we let you go, let's uh, maybe uh, talk about some of the other horses uh, in your stable, maybe that people can look out for. Oh, there's, there's always, uh, there's always, you know, hopeful things with two-year-olds. But there's a nice trotting colt in tomorrow, in the Sire Stakes, the second leg at uh, at the Meadowlands, a, a Muscle Hill colt that the Rosati's from down under bought. That you know, people that race Lily Stride and Blue Moon Stride horses like that, they uh, bought a Muscle Hill colt. He's having his first start, and uh, I think he's got a chance to be special. Um, Brian Brian Sears was listed on a Marcus Melander horse, and he chose him, which I thought uh, made me think that Brian thinks he's he's special to to choice. Certainly, no question about it. Well, Mark, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you come Saturday with uh, Major Bets. Awesome, thank you, guys. All right, that was trainer Mark Carter and. Uh, Mike, some interesting stuff there, uh, you know, just what things that go into a trainer's mind with the decisions. And, uh, you know, and, and you have to think, Mike, that uh, you want to get these horses raced as much as possible because of the time off, because of the shutdown. And, and I think uh, a lot of that went into his decision making. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, in New York Sire Stage race, if you go back and look at the line, he was on the lead by two lengths, Mike added a 26 and one opening quarter. So they were moving along pretty quickly on the front end. And then he kind of took back into the pocket 26 and four in the second panel, you know, and kind of got to sit back off some softer fraction. So, you know, maybe major bets needed another race. I mean, he won that sire stake by three lengths, but he's facing some very strong company in tall, dark stranger and in poppy Rob Hanover who Mike draws post number 10. It's an interesting, interesting race with some of the big horses to the outside. Yeah, certainly no question about him. That's going to be entertaining. There's some very, very talented horses uh, that are going to be competing in this year's Meadowlands Pace. And, uh, Mike, I'm just happy that we've got a Meadowlands Pace to talk about because <laughs> I'll tell you what, a month ago, a month and a half ago, it was certainly looking uh, pretty, pretty iffy. But uh, it's it's good, great, actually, to uh, be sitting here talking about the sport we love. Still lots left to come on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Jessica Otten will be joining us here in just a couple of minutes, plus Seth Dowling. So don't go anywhere. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA. Back in just a moment. Hey, racing fans. We all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post-up. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. We're back in this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trying Association, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, as we continue to talk about Meadowlands Pace Weekend. And I don't know who this girl is. Somebody, you might have to remind me, Jess Scott, whoever she is. Jess Scott joins the program for Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. And Jessica, obviously lots of great things coming up this weekend from a racing standpoint, but you guys have been open uh, to diners on the outside, and a lot of the COVID-19 protocols uh, that have been put into place, you guys have had to kind of use on a bigger scale from a stake standpoint. How has that been going for you guys? Uh, it's been going really well. Like, uh, for the horses, in, they have to fill out a piece of paper and get their temperatures checked, and that's exactly what our patrons have to do. We only have one entrance open, so we have... Plenty of cleaning staff on duty to keep everything clean as well. But it has been, it was kind of weird the first couple of weeks, I won't lie, not having any fans outside. But last week when I stood on the fence for the Cutler and there were people cheering, it like made my heart happy because I love the fan interaction. So when there's people on the fence, you know, cheering on the horses, it's, it's a good thing and I enjoy it. So I was happy to have fans back in the building this past weekend. No question about it, Jessica. Mike Bozich here. Let's actually talk, let's get into the, the race a little bit. There is one elimination. It's race eight on Saturday's program. And uh, obviously the eye-opening thing, that, the headline to me is Poppy Rob Hanover draws post 10 once again. He did in his uh, overnight debut last weekend. I thought he raced superb uh, trying to chase down Captain Midnight in the stretch. Well, I also thought race superb. But, uh, hey, Poppy Rob Hanover, I think, has got a uh, – he's, he's obviously got freakish talent. But once again, post position number 10 – uh, but it is an elimination, though, right? Right, right. And, like, last week, you know, he, he drew post 10 as well. And the big thing was is, you know, uh, Brett didn't want to race him against the older horses, and their three-year-old open didn't fill, so, so he ended up having to, and then post 10 to boot. But he did race very well. I don't think they're going to try to overkill him in, in the elimination. Like you said, it's, it's only elimination. The big money's next week. So post 10, yes, but he comes from off the pace very well. Obviously, he did it last week and just got beat by half a length by um, Captain Midnight. So I'm not really too concerned about it. It's just going to see how the rest of the race kind of sets up a little bit. But like I said, I don't think they're going to over, over race him from post 10 when, when, we, when it's only an elimination and the big money goes for next week. 
Interesting. Uh, we talked to trainer Mark Harder just a moment ago with major bets, and they declined the buy. A uh, big kind of decision that went into the Meadowlands pace. He said he thought that major bets needed a start, another start before the Meadowlands pace. And now he's thinking, you know, maybe we could have went to the New York Sire Stakes, taken the buy, and went to the final. So, you know, a lot of decisions kind of had to be made here. Um, but for those who aren't aware of how the buy worked or any of that, uh, kind of tell us what uh, what went into that for uh, the connections. So the buy on the condition sheet, the buy is, I believe, the top money earners for the year. And obviously, this year's been a little funky because only a couple of them have had one start or two starts. Um, but I uh, I thought that you know taking the buy before the elimination was. Uh, so so for a couple of like uh connections. Uh Alleyway Hanover is actually racing at uh, Chester tomorrow, I believe, in the um Sire Stakes. Uh, um so for him to take the bye and then race in the Sire Stakes and then come back and the the uh, final is good. The only thing is is I I think you get one through six if you're in the if you uh win the elimination. So that's the only downfall of it, I believe. But um, it was interesting to hear what Mark, why Mark Harder decided to decline it. I was kind of interested, and I was able to tune in. But, you know, um, you don't want to over-race your horse before one of these races, but you got to make sure they do have a little speed under their belt as well. Visiting with Jessica Otten from the Meadowlands. Jessica, not only uh, do we have the Meadowlands Pace Elimination coming up on Saturday, but a real fantastic card. I mean, uh, from top to bottom, uh, including uh, the Graduate Series final for four-year-old Open Trotters, uh, and, of course, uh, Jim Pansy is continued right where he left off a season ago. He has looked phenomenal so far here in 2020, those first couple of starts. Oh, uh, yeah, he has. You know, watching that race a couple of weeks ago, the second leg of the graduate, coming around that last turn, I was like, wow, he's really far off. I know it says six lengths in the program, but it was the stretched out six lengths. Um and when he come home, I was like, they only charged him 27, but I was like, he had to come a lot, a really fast last eight just to get up in the nick of time. Um, he hasn't missed a beat coming from three to four. Uh, being able that he races against four-year-olds, I think is a good thing because, you know, when you race against the older horses at four years old, it, um, it, it usually takes them a half a year to, you know, kind of get going, as you saw with, like, American history last year. Um but there's one in that race that I'm, I'm a little biased to, but I kind of have to be because he, he has been racing well. That's Chin Chin Hall from the rail. Um, he draws a key inside post. Last week he comes first over against the Mentego, the pocket sitting Atlanta. He finished fifth, only beaten a length, and I thought he raced really, really well for that trip out. You know, you're a little biased there, though. You know, you love the you love. Yeah, the well, you know what happened. <laughs> but uh, let's let's actually let's talk a little bit about Chin Chin Hall. You know, as a three-year-old, he kind of played second fiddle to Green Shoe and Jim Pansy and, you know, kind of that rivalry and was second or third best. And he's really come back and really formed himself well into a four-year-old. And it's one of those things that you never know how they're going to grow from two to three and from three to four. And Obviously, it is a lot of people say it's more difficult to go from three to four facing some of the older horses. But we've noticed in the graduate series that Chin Chin Hall has kind of held his own against some of the top horses. Yeah, um, so a lot of people think like two and three is like the biggest step up, which it's really not. They grow a lot between their three and four year olds here. And I think um, getting the winter off really helped them. 
I I think his last start was like in November maybe, and then he come back. Obviously, that's almost six months off, but he's really grown up a little bit. Like he's always been a big horse, but he looks like he's filled out quite a bit. And um, you know, he I believe he wore trotting hobbles for part of the year last year. They were having a hard time keeping him um, flat. I know in the middle of the summer, but like I said, he's really grown up a lot. He's filled out. He's matured. I really think the the winter off this year has helped him a ton becoming four years old. And like I said, um, being able to face four-year-olds in the beginning of the year, I think is so important for the four-year-olds because when you go up and face those older horses, take some time, you know, to adjust to that level of classes. But I think this is a good spot for him. And there's another graduate series final, too, for the four-year-old open paces. And uh, this is a very interesting race because Better's Wish drew post position number 10. And uh, I think Dex is really going to have to work some magic there because you've got Dance and Lou working on a mystery century pharaoh, Hurricane Emperor, who was a little bit disappointing last week. But, uh, I mean, you just, you've got some very, very good horses inside of Better's Wish. So I think he's got a pretty tall order come Saturday. I, I do too. You know, last weekend I was I was really excited to to watch these. Um, like this is a very competitive field. We had three divisions of it, and not a single race ended the way I thought it is. But that's horse racing for you. Um, I I really thought that uh, Black Hole race huge. He was interfered with up the backside, free rider on the last turn, and beat everybody at the wire by neck. Better's wish wish was large. Working on the mystery has come back. So well this year. I know there's an article on the USTA. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but um, he came back very well. Dance and Lou, I mean, he finally gets to keep a driver for more than two weeks in a row, so that's a big thing. And I talked to Tani Camilleri after the race last week, and she was happy with him, but she said he's not a fan of going at the inside here at the Meadowlands. But I thought he still raced very well. I mean, they were all right there at the end of it. And the Canadian Invader Century Pharaoh, I mean, his line was amazing. He raced awesome as well, and he gets a key inside post. So I'm very excited to see how this race shapes up. Um, Hurricane Emperor, who came back very well, gets post relief this week. Um, he had to leave hard from the gate and didn't make the uh, front until past the quarter at 26-3. and three. Still come home in 26 seconds. So it's a very, very competitive field here. You have Brassy Hanover, who the line is a little deceiving from Tioga because he came first over and it says he only come home in 27 and four, but he only got beat two lengths. And I thought that was a very good mile by him. And last week he, uh, he came first over again and just kind of blew right by him. So just call for as a serious contender in here post eight. Yes. But I think the trip will work out for him too. Yeah. There's certainly a lot of moving parts in that race. That race can certainly uh, be a show stealer. Uh, because there's so many moving parts and so many different ways to look at that. Jessica Otten, the pride and joy of Michigan. Listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, best of luck to you. How's how's the family? How's Dad, by the way? Um, They're they're doing good. Uh, Even though I live 10 hours away, he still calls and bugs me to do stuff for him. But, hey, I guess that's what daughters are for, right? But they're good. Um, We were able to qualify some last week, and they're just kind of waiting on the okay to race. I think he's going to send one or two to Ohio to race. But uh, he's, uh, he's doing good. All right. Good to hear. Jessica, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you Saturday. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good day. All right, that was Jessica Otten. And, uh, you know, you talk about the graduate series, Mike. Uh, she's a post-time with Mike and Mike graduate. Yeah, post-time with Mike and Mike and graduate. We're going to start charging tuition. I keep saying that. But, 
Yeah, her and Ashley Mayu will be working uh, over the next uh, couple of weekends at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. And I love to see the girl power. I'm so glad to see it. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that the sport, I think, needs. Um, and I'm super happy that we've gotten a chance to work with both of them. All right. So lots of love to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA. Seth Dowling is in the on-deck circle from the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. And we're going to talk about the Wager Warriors live stream set to take place we, tonight. Listen, That's right. My part will be flying solo tonight in the, in the uh, Yeah, right. we gotta, we got to talk about the dinner he's going to buy us for uh, for doing this. So, uh, you know, Seth, Seth, have the steaks ready. Have the steaks on the grill. I know you can hear me. Have the steaks ready to go. All right. All right, we're looking forward to it. That's coming up tonight on Facebook Live. We're going to talk to Seth here in just a moment about Wager Warriors, a great, great initiative. Uh, that is taking place uh, all across uh, the state of Pennsylvania, thoroughbred and harness tracks. So we're going to talk to Seth about that here in just a couple of minutes after this timeout. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association, and we'll be back in a flash. From the edge of your seat start to the white knuckle finishes, horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Bozich, alongside of Mike Carter, and we are joined now by Seth Dowling from the PHRA. And Seth, I heard I heard you're buying us some pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good steaks for dinner tonight. Uh, so since we're, we're having to skip dinner to join the Wager Warriors, I heard steaks on the menu. We could do that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding of course but uh Seth, let's talk about this great program you guys have put together at the phra it is wager warriors and obviously uh with everything going on with covid19 and things of that sort you guys had to kind of come up with a way uh a creative way to kind of put this on uh this is something that you guys created um about a year and a half or so ago where you guys go to racetracks give wagering advice give free wagers out to some of the customers as well a lot of a lot of great things you guys do yeah and since this year we cannot actually go to the tracks at least not yet to hand out the vouchers and stuff we took pretty much everything that we did at the track and put it online except now instead of the free vouchers we're giving free pps once a week to one of the tracks in pa uh tomorrow night we have penn national and then next friday harris philly so that was able to fill in the vouchers for this year for at least the first part of the summer. 
visiting with Seth Dowling from the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Seth, uh, we've talked at length and sometimes uh, even at nauseum about how important it is to try to get young people involved. And once you get them to the track, how important it is to try to educate them on uh, how to wager and how to do so properly. Uh, like we said, you've been doing this for uh, about a year, year and a half now, and, and you've had a chance to interact with a lot of people that may not necessarily be familiar with the sport uh, of harness and thoroughbred racing. Talk to us about some of your experiences that you've had with people. Yeah, I think the best example, there was a couple at Pocono last year when we were up there. They had walked over from the casino and were sitting out on the deck. They had... I think been to the races before, but never tried to play or anything. And when we go to the tracks and even now online, we still put tip sheets up and we gave them the tip sheet. And with their $2 free voucher, they went and on their first bet won 74 bucks and brought that back and played through the rest of the night. And they had to be well up over a hundred through the end of the night. And I've seen them up there since then. And we've ran into quite a few people like that, that walked out, but didn't really know what exactly was going on and we've been able to try to explain it to them and then I've seen them back since then. You know, one of the things, Seth, is that it's not necessarily that it's hard to understand how to wager on stuff, but people just need to be taught. And it's just like anything else. It's like sports betting. It's like, you know, when you're betting craps at the casino or blackjack, you gotta learn how to play the game. And it you know, one thing I think sometimes we miss the mark on is teaching um, you know, not just young people but anyone in general how to quote unquote play our game. And this is something that's allowed you guys to kind of show them how to do it and kind of walk them through the process with kid gloves. Yeah, we usually just start fairly simple to show them the easier parts of the program that there are to read or the easier to understand parts. And then basic bets, and then they can sort of build from there. But that's been, I think, the best way to get them started and then give them help on who we at least think uh, recommendations on who they should play. And I think that helps them as well a little bit. Visiting with Seth Dowling. Seth, what are some of the uh, the typical questions that, that people have that you're finding that, that uh, come up uh, time and time again? Uh. A lot of them actually sometimes have to do with actually what's happening on the track too, like as far as warm-ups in between races and stuff. But most of the time it's how to read the programs and then actually how to actually make the bet that they want to make and how they do it. We've went and helped them uh, see how to use the self-serve machines and stuff or tell them how to tell the teller. And it's mostly basic stuff like that. And once they get that, I think they're pretty comfortable past then. And then like when we're at the tracks at times, they'll call us back over and ask us other questions but that at least gets them started. Now, Seth, obviously you guys are going to come are doing these zoom wager warriors uh, that Mike and I will be participating in tonight. Tell us a little bit about that idea where it came about and uh, will this be like a weekly thing for people to check out? Yeah, we're going to do them. I don't have a set schedule of dates yet, but you guys will be the first tonight. And that uh, last year at Chester, uh, Jessica, you just had one. She and I went around and did it at Chester, and this will sort of fill in for us walking around. We can do it online, and people can still interact and ask questions through the Facebook Live. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's very obviously very important to continue. And, and you know, listen, Stephanie, with the uh, the COVID nineteen, the the academic, the uh, you know, the the pandemic, uh, you know, it's. Uh, 
I, I'm kind of encouraged because, you know, you, you, people are having to use their creative juices. And I think, you know, harness racing has really stepped up to the plate in a lot of ways. I mean, you see, uh, you know, initiatives like Cosa TV and what Ryan Clements has done and, and uh, what you guys have done and, and just, you know, things like that to try to keep people involved. And now that we have racing back, uh, I see a lot of these initiatives continuing to go. So, Seth, I think that's, that's actually a pretty good thing. Yeah, and one of the other things we're doing, too, if you go to penhorseracing.com in the upper the upper right-hand corner, there's a tab. If you click on it, you can go in, scroll down. The past, free past performances are there, but underneath that, there's a form you can fill out. And if you want to be a guest wager warrior, you can submit a video of you handicapping a race, and then you'll get a prize pack, too, with it, and we'll post the video. So if there's anybody that would want to handicap a race, they can go on there and do it. All right, good, good, good stuff. Uh, uh, once again, uh, tonight, uh, 7 o'clock, uh, Seth, tell, uh, tell everybody how they can find it and if they want to participate, how they can go about doing so tonight. If they go to Penn Horse Racing on Facebook, we'll have the live stream there, and they can watch on there, and then we'll, have, we'll be monitoring the comments. They can ask you guys questions. I'll be sure to pull them during that. As hey, hey, Mike, we make sure, hey, Mike, make sure to brush your hair, okay? Because we don't want yeah, to don't need your hair. Out of play. You know what? Listen, I just a I just got a haircut, by the way. The, you know, the first since the since the pandemic. So, Mike, I promise you, I'll be looking good, my hey, friend. Hey, 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 Seth. The only good thing about doing this on Zoom versus in person is I don't have to shower first. So, you know, we'll be good to go. <laughs> Sponsored by Old Spice. We're gonna we're gonna make sure uh, make sure we cover everything here. <laughs> All right, so once again, Seth, before before you were interrupted, uh, how, how, do we, how do we participate again in case anybody missed that? And tell people how they, could, how they could join in tonight. Yeah, just go to Penn Horse Racing on Facebook or Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association on Facebook, and we'll have the live stream put up there. They can go through. They can ask questions in the comments, and then we'll uh, pass them along to you guys for you to answer. All right, sounds good. Seth, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, we will see you tonight at 7 p.m., my friend. Okay, yep, we'll see you then. Thanks. All right, that was Seth Dalek. Uh, yeah, Mike, listen, I, 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 I'm ready, buddy. I'll be, I'll be looking fantastic. Well, listen, be, you know what? You know what? We gotta have some, we gotta have some fun. That's what we do here on this show. Is we try to have a little bit of fun, and you know, in all seriousness, we're gonna have some fun teaching people how to wager tonight. And uh, you know, we'll be looking at Harris, Philadelphia, and I'm gonna tell, teach you who not to play um tonight okay. because normally my selections are no good but at least at least i won't pull a rich mate and pick a scratched horse so you know i can't i, can't, I gotta be go. better than that yeah absolutely. to me that is still if you've never seen it you got to go to mike bozich's facebook page and scroll about a third of the way down and it's him and rich handicapping and Rich picked a scratched horse, and I'll never forget it as long as I live because it was the funniest thing. And anytime I'm having a bad day, I still go back and watch it. So, you know, it's one of those things, man. It's, it's classic. I mean, it, you know what? We we got to include that in the blooper reel, Mike. It's it's it, even though it's not really first time with Mike and Mike per se, it's it's still funny as all heck. <laughs> oh, it's it's still all hilarious right. because you know if you watch it, Rich is talking about this horse, and Mike just lets him go. I love and it. then at the end yeah. says, man, he has no chance. And the guy <laughs> Rich is like, why? And because he scratched. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's classic, classic, classic. All right, we're going to wrap this thing up after this time out. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Toronto Association. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net. Here comes the charging moa, charging hard at We're back in this edition of Pokes Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA and Old Spice. Apparently, uh, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. Thanks so much for taking time out to join us on the program. We'll see you back here, 7 o'clock. Catch us out on the PHRA Facebook page. See you next week, everybody. Can't stay here I know who wants to take me home